Listen up, real estate investors, entrepreneurs, and agents. You're in the right place. Unlocking the secrets to real estate investing and entrepreneurship. Welcome to the Titanium Vault, hosted by RJ Bates III. Here's RJ. We're excited to have Brandon Richards on the Titanium Vault today. Brandon, how are you excited doing? Excited to be here. Uh, pretty good, pretty good. So why don't you fill us in a little bit about your business and what it is specifically that you do? Uh, right now, I'm kind of like a, wearing a couple of hats, but primarily uh, flipping at the moment, uh, representing a couple of sellers right now. But, um, you know, started out as a realtor, but now just concentrating on uh, wholesaling and, and flipping myself. So walk me through the process of how you became a realtor and, and what made you decide to focus on rehabbing and wholesaling. Uh, as a realtor, uh, I moved out here in December 2015 uh, from Arizona. I was licensed out there for two years, but it, was, uh, it wasn't even really part-time. I owned a carpet cleaning company and um, I maybe sold like four houses and they're all to my buddy. So, um, got out here to, to Texas and, you know, I never did the whole college thing. I went for a couple semesters, but I don't have any degree. So I was like, well, what am I going to do? Don't really want to go back to what I used to do. And I couldn't bring my, my carpet cleaning company with me because it's a franchise and it's based off of zip codes and such. So it stayed there. And so I got out here. I was like, well, better hit the, hit it as a realtor. And at the time, I'm like, man, I'll, I'm just going out to Texas. You know, it's a new market. I don't know anybody, but I'm going to dominate. Anyways, I got out here. I did not dominate. Um, it took me, uh, it took me like three months to get my license because the Texas and Arizona had to communicate back and forth on um, if I left Arizona in good standings. Right. Went to Champion School of Real Estate in Plano. Um, I didn't go online classes because I, I too. ADD, I would never be able to finish. So went into, into their classroom. I forget how many times. I think it was actually every single day for like a month. But uh, yeah, three months later, license, jump over at Century 21. And, uh, you know, real, uh, as a new realtor in a new state, it's, uh, it's tough. It's extremely tough. And showing buyers, um, a dozen or more houses was was a beating, and then to just have them go, oh, you know what? It's you know, it's not my time. I don't want to buy. I'm like, man, this is uh, one giant uphill battle just to get a sale. Anyhow, but you know, I, I did. Uh, I was at Century 21 for like two months, and uh, great brokerage uh, had a lot of uh, fellow realtors in there. They, everybody was great and helped me out. But in the back of my mind, I was like, man, I don't want to do this forever. And even before I moved out to Texas, I wanted to flip, you know, the buddy I sold four houses to, um, me and him were, were always daydreaming about, okay, let's get a flip, you know, let's get some rentals, let's get into multifamily. And, uh, right before I left, I had just heard about wholesaling. I was like, Hey Matt, you heard that about that thing wholesaling, you know, sign a contract and no money. You just got the earnest in it. I was like, yeah, I heard about it. And, and so I, I thought about that for many months while when I first got out to Texas and uh, finally 
I say it was like two months into being at Century 21, I moved over to uh, a more investment-friendly brokerage, and I just started attending every single. And it's, it might be bad advice to some people, but I I was attending every single you know quote unquote guru event. I wasn't paying for any of them. I was just going to all the the one night seminars, and I would go to the three week the three day weekend ones, and right. all the ones I could go to for cheap or a hundred bucks. I was just going. And I, that first summer, you know, 2016, summer 2016, I was probably going to at least two a week at the time. On top of the seminars and stuff, I was going to uh, just networking events, trying to meet other realtors, trying to meet uh, other people that were in the business of investing. And, uh, uh, yeah, so I just absorbed everything I could, uh, take notes. Um, and I remember – Really, the turning point for me was I went to, uh, um, uh, and I won't say which one, but I went to a three-day weekend one. They were pitching some huge $54,000 program. Right. I'm like, man, you, you, this guy, he practically gave up his whole business in the, uh, the three-day weekend if you had paid attention and written down everything he told you to do. And I remember him saying, was like, and I forget this numbers, and he was like, uh, uh, eight or eight or nine out of the ten of you will never do anything that I'm teaching you here. And I was like, "There's no way I would be that eight or nine. So, right. I uh, went home. I took all the websites and um, all the little bit bits of information that I learned there. I got a website up the next day, and uh, based off of the knowledge from there and a couple other people, I just started going at it. Um, that was summer last year it wasn't really going anywhere i was like man this is hard um mm -hmm. and uh i knew a bunch of people were mailing to the pre-foreclosures and stuff like that and uh i was like man there's so many people mailing if i start mailing, i'm just going to be you know one of 30 people don't show up the houses you know why am i going to mail and then so for months i was like okay i'm not going to mail i'm not going to mail and it's not worth it um uh, it wasn't until January of this year that I had started mailing, which really changed the whole game uh, real quick. Um, you know, everybody is mailing, but not everybody's mailing the same pieces. Not everybody's um, reaching the right person. Um, some some just don't have uh, uh, the ability to communicate with people properly. Anyhow, there, there's many times where I was uh, at the kitchen table per se, um, with other investors just waiting to, you know, you know, place their bid or whatever. Right. And I started, started grabbing properties. Um, actually my very first one came in through my website and, uh, she was behind on payments, but hadn't, they had the bank hadn't started the foreclosure process, hadn't given her an auction date. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it was just an inquiry off my website and same website I, I built, um, way back in the day, um, from that one seminar, it was on carrot. You know, that's the site I use. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a, it's like a lead capture CRM type of deal. And mm -hmm. that's primarily what I use there. Uh, anyway, that one, it was, uh, it was an inquiry on my site. I called, uh, within 10 minutes and, uh, you know, ask all the questions, you know, what you looking at or what, why are you looking to sell? 
Um, do you know how many months you're behind? Do you know what the reinstatement is? You know, what's the payoff? And then he, and he got down to what do you want to sell for? Right. And she says, well, <clears throat> she says, well, I owe 38,000. And before I had called, I'd already pulled up the tax records and, you know, ran the comps and everything. She's like, well, I owe 38,000. And right then my jaw dropped. I was like, holy smoke. Okay. So, you know, what are you looking to sell for? I'm thinking she, cause it, I ran comps and it was worth 185. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah. And then, uh, she's like, well, I'd, I'd be really happy if I could walk away with 20 or 25,000, but I don't know if that's possible because my house is really dirty. It's, you know, it's pretty trashed. <laughs> And, uh, I was like, okay, no big deal. I've been in a lot of houses. I'll just swing by, come take a look. Anyways, uh, showed up and, uh, made a $63,000 offer and she took it. Um, yeah, the house was trashed. I actually have a YouTube video that's been, uh, that I've floated around Facebook and I've got over 45,000 views on it because it is that bad. Wow. And Yep. Um, that was February this year. Um, before that, that was my first direct to seller wholesale, um, so wholesale that you didn't rehab it. Correct. Yep. Um, okay. yeah. And be- before that I, uh, had co-wholesaled other properties, mm-hmm. uh, with some guys in the office, uh, cause I, I, I still didn't know the ins and outs of everything. And so I was just, uh, finding buyers for some of these other guys' wholesales. Anyways, next day, it was the next day or the following day, you know, within two days, I had uh, my end buyer at 105. And, wow. uh, yep, closed, I don't know, 12 or 13 days later or something. For, did you uh, sign 40, it or, or did you double close? It was assignment, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, the buyer I knew, yeah, the buyer I knew personally. And uh, I was so new to the game, I told him what I bought it at and what I wanted to sell it at. And he was like, okay. I'll give you hundred. I was like, come on, man. Let's do, let's do, let's do 105. Anyways, after a little bit of negotiation, uh, signed it at 105, sent me, uh, uh, the 5,000 non-refundable and, uh, closed two weeks later. Yeah. $42,000 assignment. And that was, uh, obviously a game changer for me going from nothing to, to 42,000 bucks in the bank all of a sudden. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty awesome story for your for your first real legitimate lead. Um, yep. You know, making that commitment to to go full time into the investing side of the game. Uh, that's a that's a pretty awesome story. Uh, walk me through how did you locate your buyer? You said you kind of personally knew him. Did you know him from real estate, or was it just circumstance that you knew someone that was in real estate? Uh, just through networking, uh, probably found him on Facebook. You know, I'm super active on Facebook. Very much so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty much where I've made my name. Yeah. Um, and that's where I've, that's where I've met everybody, you know, other than those networking events, but, um, yeah, we met on Facebook. Walk me through on Facebook. Let's talk about that a little bit. That's how you and I met. Um, you've kind of coined the name, the connector. So walk me through right. what what does that mean to you and and why do you call yourself the connector? Um, it, it all stemmed back from uh, from a bigger pockets property that I found. Guy was selling a townhouse, you know, it was roughly thirty five thousand below market value, and I had uh, shown it to a couple people, 
but ultimately they didn't accept uh, our offer. And uh, so I, I forgot about it. Uh, anyhow, a week or so later, the buyer I, I swung over said, hey, that seller called me back and you know we bought the house. I was like, oh, awesome, man. And I wasn't even thinking about, oh, dang, he kind of, I didn't get paid there, but you know, felt pretty good finding a seller, a buyer and connecting my buyer to the seller. Um, and that buyer actually I've sold several properties to since then, but and, you know, other than connecting those two together, I'm always connecting hard money lenders to, to some of my buyers when I was um, uh, still at the other brokerage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just, I network so much and I know, you know, quite a few people. I, I feel like I've always been able to be somebody that uh, everybody can go to to find the right people. So I don't know. One day I threw the hashtag up and uh, let it go for like a week or two and didn't really go anywhere. I was like, ah, you know, this hashtag thing. And even then I was like, hashtags, why am I hashtagging this crap? Anyway, now hashtag everything. But uh, I think somebody called me out at a, at a re-event one day. It's like, oh, look, this is the connection. I was like, oh, dang, this is sticking. I guess I, guess I better keep going with it. And, awesome. uh, yeah, so it kind of stuck, and that's what I'm known as now. That's awesome. Well, I, as a, a fellow investor in the same market, um, you know, you and I are friends on Facebook, and ever since I've seen you start using the hashtag, I, I have to admit um, I've been a, a bit envious of it. I think it's a, a great hashtag for what we do. Um, as investors, wholesalers, rehabbers, whatever it is, we are the connectors of, of the different people in our industries and then solving people's problems. So I think it's a very creative. So, uh, it it was definitely one of the things that stood out to me, uh, about you and the brand that you're building for yourself. Next thing I'd want to talk to you about is the fact that you are a realtor and an investor yeah talk to me about the benefits of that and and the negative aspect of that because as an investor i am not a realtor i have realtors that i work with so walk me through what that's like on a day-to-day basis and and how you feel about that um as a real in the beginning I, i you know i'd be reading the forums and and listen to other people, and a uh, good majority of people thought that being a uh, realtor and trying to wholesale and doing your own investments was um, a, a negative, you know, something that would hinder certain situations because as a realtor, we have the fiduciary duties to protect the public. Right. And part of that is, is always providing um, the knowledge that what their property is worth as is and repaired. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one of the things that kind of hindered me in the beginning because I was scared to make sure I wasn't messing anything up. But uh, ultimately, I just embraced it. So now every single um, appointment I go on to, rather than just throwing in the conversation, like, hey, I'm a realtor, this and that. So, you know, I know how to do these contracts pretty well. Um, right. You know, it's part of uh, my options when I go to that negotiation table is um, I'll outline, you know, every option uh, based off of uh, uh, their motivation, time frame, 
um, budget, you know, everything. So I get a couple listings off of it, but, you know, it's something that um, in reality has come to become a, uh, you know, an advantage in my business. Uh, nobody's ever uh, complained that I was a realtor or thought that I was trying to be shady in any way because um, I would always break down, like, this is what I plan on selling for, and this is what you could sell it for if you were to put the money into it. And if you were to list it as is on the MLS, whether with me or any other realtor, this is probably what you would get. Um, and some buyers, they'll have me walk the whole house with them and say, hey, you know, if I did want to try to find the money for the rehab, you know, what would you recommend I do? And actually, I've had a couple people call me like a month later after I had lost communications with them and say, hey, I painted my house that color you recommended. I really appreciate it or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's been an advantage. Got a couple listings, but you know, as long as you're outlining, uh, all their options and not trying to sway them. Cause obviously when I go to the, their house, you know, I want to buy the house. I want to either keep it or wholesale it. But, um, I'm not pushy at all, um, on any options. And you know, if, if it comes down to a situation where, and mostly what I market to is pre foreclosure, so there's some there's some urgency in, as far as time goes. But um, you know, if they've got two months, I'm like, hey, you're in a really good neighborhood. I'd recommend, you know, based off of time frame and your your amount of equity and um, that you list it. You know, whether you list it with me or anybody else, this is probably your best option. Um, and this is after I've submitted an offer to them, of course, and. Um, right. but you know, the ones that I have ended up listing, uh, they've made some considerable money. I think the first one is out in Heartland. Uh, they made uh, 39,000 and, uh, I got another one in Frisco. They walked away with like an $89,000 check. So, you know, I yeah, got my, yeah, I saw that one on Facebook and, <clears throat> yeah. and that was a, that was a great story. Why don't you dive in a little bit more on that Frisco one and, and how that came about. That was that to me. The fact that you were able to make uh, a client of yours $89,000 and it seemed like they were actually uh, semi unaware of that, that possibility. So walk us through that deal. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were in uh, pre-foreclosure. The bank have already scheduled a, uh, an auction date two months out and um, house was worth, you know, I forget the exact numbers, but I think. House is worth about three three oh five. I think I offered two forty, and their balance was one eighty six. And I think they had something like twelve or eighteen thousand in reinstatement or something. But um, I offered my two forty, and uh, you know, when you're at the table, you're you're always judging. You're you're reading them. You're trying to figure out what their thoughts are on what you're saying, you know, are they, mm -hmm. are they thinking you're, you know, BSing them or, or do they, um, do they understand even what you're saying to them? But yeah, they didn't, uh, the 240 didn't make them super happy, although they would have walked with, you know, 45,000 roughly. Um, but I felt like they're being in their situation two months out that listing would be it to their advantage. And, uh, yeah, so we listed it as is below 
uh, market value. I think we shot it out at um, like two ninety five or something. Anyways, right? Yeah. So uh, based off of the uh, the two month time frame, I was like, hey, I think it's you know obviously definitely in your best interest to try to sell it high and you know get some money. You know, get out of this massive rut you've got yourself into. And uh, you know, if a month passes and we don't sell it. You know, my offer is always there. So, um, yeah, threw on the MLS. Two weeks later, had it sold, and uh, it was cash buyer. You know, three weeks later from there, closed it, and uh, they awesome. got a nice little check there. So, I the the moral of this story is is because of your ability as both an investor and a realtor, you were able to sit down give them multiple options. And even though the preferred strategy for you as an investor wasn't what they accepted, you were still able to monetize that lead and, and create something positive for both your client, but also for yourself and your business. I, I love those kind of stories. And, and I think that's the biggest thing to take away from the fact that you're both a realtor and an investor is that you have just put more tools in your toolbox to help motivated sellers. So right, yep. um, I, I think that's an awesome, uh, awesome aspect of your business uh, that some people limit themselves and don't uh, look at, at getting their license as a possibility. So kudos yes. to you uh, for handling that situation and monetizing that lead. Let's talk about your rehabbing business a little bit. Okay. Uh, I've seen some of your work. You do great work. Looks like you're really hands-on with your work. So walk me through that. Uh, when you decide that you're going to rehab a property, how do you break out whether or not you're going to do certain parts of the work and and sub things out to some crews? Um, well, a lot of what you're referencing there is that first one I just closed last week and uh, that one's really, it's a long story because um, although I just made back in February that $42,000 assignment, I'd use a lot of that at paying off debt because when I came there, when I came to Texas and I left Arizona, I had literally zero dollars um, in the bank because I had just gotten out of divorce and, you know, I gave her all the money. Um, so I spent a lot of that on, uh, on catch up on debt and then... Uh, when I was at the closing table, you know, long story short, payoff wasn't what it was supposed to be. You know, you know, the day before auction, I had to make a, a yay or nay decision on whether I'm going to go forward and buy this house. And if I didn't, uh, this guy was losing his VA loan. And I was like, oh, man, this is like, crap, I might lose some money here. I don't even have any money. So anyways, um, I wouldn't be able to sleep if I didn't close on it. So I closed on it. And then at the time I was panicking because like, well, now my budget's blown. Should I just hold and uh, cleaned it out? Was looking at it. It's trash. There's wood rot everywhere. Water damage. The cabinets were falling in. The countertops were weren't here to the wall anymore because of all the water damage. And so I pulled out the cabinets. I was like, oh man, crap! Now the wall's bad. Anyway. I started doing the demo and I was just going to gut it and kind of try to uh, hotel it that way. And it's actually what my hard money lender was recommending. It's like, hey, man, you should probably just get in here and clean it out and hotel it. You know, it's probably your safest bet because at the time, 
our ARV was something like 125, and that's what I was seeing. But he was seeing something like, hey, man, I don't know if we can even get 115 on this thing now. I'm like, man, where are you getting these numbers from? And uh, although he had given me uh, a rehab and as part of the, a rehab budget that you know went in the escrow for the hard money, um, it didn't cover all of it because by the time the payoff went up, he got a little cold foot, cold feet, and uh, asked me to put fifteen thousand dollars in an escrow account uh, as a, a draw system and for his security. So it really drained, you know, all my money. I, I think I left that closing table with like nine thousand bucks in the bank or something, and I was panicking. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, so I mean, we get into it, and uh, I knew the guy that, that did foundation, so he allowed me to pay him through the draw, and he didn't want payment right away, so we got the foundation done. I paid him a draw. I knew the roofer, so I paid him through a draw, and I just started getting these people in there. I just started paying them through draws and uh, instead of having to, to front it. And some people here and there would want some money, and I, I ended up going through like five plumbers, you know, a couple electricians, two different um, texture guys and I just made it happen um, and it just the reason I was doing so much hands on because I didn't have any money to like pay like a GC or start you know coughing out a bunch of cash for a bunch of contractors so <clears throat> all the demo uh, we did ourselves uh, we were pulling walls cabinets even down to the down at the end I was you know I we did all the painting we put in all the doors. Um, you know, every single door in the house was replaced. Um, uh, we demoed the the addition in the back where the fireplace was. Uh, I go to the bathroom. I pulled all the drywall out of the kitchen. I reframed the walls because there was horrible water damage in there. There was no insulation, or the insulation had so many dead rats and rat pee in there. I had to pull the insulation out. It was just a nightmare, and then. So I, I taught myself how to frame. I hung the drywall. I tape in bed. Go to the bathroom. Reframe the bathroom too because it had water damage everywhere. Um, the when I was getting towel guys to go in there and do like the the shower surround, they're like, "Hey, you're gonna have to put up some party board." I'm like, "Crap, that sounds kind of easy." And he was like, "Oh, you also got to put this other stuff in there for to seal the water." I'm like, "Oh man, I gotta go find this." And then it'll be like fifty bucks. I'm stressing out. I'm trying to figure out. Right. Okay. I'd never done anything like this, so I'm like getting like makeshift. I'm cutting this hardy board with tools that you're not supposed to cut hardy board with, and yeah, just you know, made it happen, and and I did it all on the first one. You know, number one reason is is I didn't feel like uh, I had quite the budget to pull it off properly, and right. and B, you know, everybody was telling me not to be so hands on, but I needed to be hands on A to learn it. And B, so is that I know how much it really costs to do a lot of these things for the next project. So now, when I go to have some plumbing issues, and somebody says like four thousand bucks, I'm like, yeah, right, dude. That's more like you know twenty one hundred bucks or something. I, you know, I have a rough idea of what everything's going to cost. Right. And yeah, I mean, I didn't plan on doing any of the work in the beginning, but it just happened that way because payoff ended up being uh, not sixty four thousand, but seventy one thousand. So it really skewed. Uh, my numbers last minute and it just happened. Right. Well, I will say, cause you know, we have a background 
in in our previous business we were a general contractor that's what i did before i got into real estate investing and yeah. if you are going to rehab properties it is very important for you to understand the process and which goes into rehabbing a property and the cost associated yeah. uh, you use the example of plumbing costing four thousand and uh -huh. well, you actually know it's twenty one hundred that's just one trade imagine yeah. if you multiply that over the 15 or 20 different things that can be done on a property and that's just on a smaller one yep. um that i mean you can you can lose all of your profit uh just out of ignorance so very yep. good point there um another thing i wanted to talk to you about today because i follow you on facebook and you are so active on facebook uh it, it it appears to me that the entrepreneur spirit within your family is across the board. So uh, you're not just in real estate. You also, you've mentioned your carpet cleaning business franchise in Arizona, yep. which you still have, correct? Yeah, sure do. And if I'm, if I'm correct, I believe you're, you have, your daughters have started a business as well. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Last summer they did. That, that's awesome. So real quick, because I think everyone will get a kick out of it. Why don't you tell us what your what your daughters do for, for their first business? Uh, well, they're 10 and 11 years old, and uh, it's a poop scooping business. So within Man. our small little community, I think we pick up like 10 or 11 yards. Man, that is awesome. I saw <laughs> that. Uh, I think you posted something this past weekend, and I was just you know scrolling through Facebook, and I saw that. And, uh, man, that just... To me, that is so awesome that you're already teaching your kids at such a young age to to go out there and and have that entrepreneur spirit and and to make something happen for themselves. Um, that's that's just awesome, uh, yeah. Brandon. I really appreciate you being a guest today. I appreciate you uh, sharing everything about your business and and giving us a great uh, couple of stories, specific stories about deals that you've done. Um, I, I really think that you have given an enlightenment in, in the fact of uh, being a realtor and an investor, how that can benefit your business, mm -hmm. and then also how it's important to be hands-on early on in your rehab business. So thank you so much for taking the time for being with us today. I appreciate it. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks so much for listening to the Titanium Vault with your host, R.J. Bates III. For more info and to stay up to date, visit www.podcast.thetitaniumvault.com and on facebook.com slash thetitaniumvault. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review, and we'll catch you next time on the Titanium Vault.